well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad that you are with me here on the last show of the week. Uh, Just a programming note, I'm actually going to be off on Monday as well because... I'll be hanging out with today's guest, Philip Van Cleve of the Virginia Citizens Defense League at the Virginia State Capitol. It is uh, Lobby Day on Monday, January 15th, and I'm very excited to be one of the speakers there at the VCDL's rally coming up on Monday morning. Um, We're going to talk all about it, as well as the onslaught of gun control bills that have been introduced by Virginia Democrats this year. Anybody who thought that they would be, uh, you know, going easy after winning a narrow majority in the state legislature uh, while you've got a Republican governor? Nope, it is full speed ahead. They are trying to turn Virginia into East California, maybe a South New York, but uh, they're definitely trying to Californicate our right to keep and bear arms. And let's get right to it uh, with our discussion with uh, Philip Van Cleve of the Virginia Citizens Defense League. Take a look and a listen. Philip, thank you so much for being on the program today. It's good to see you, sir. Hey, Cam. Good seeing you, too. I'm looking forward to uh, connecting in person on Monday and... Boy, you know, listen, if Virginia gun owners thought this was going to be a quiet session, ah, there's no need for me to go to Richmond. We got, you know, Governor Yunk in there. He's going to uh, stop every bad bill that gets to his desk. Listen, we need to show up. We need to turn out because the laundry list of gun control bills that have been filed. First of all, there's no guarantee that Governor Yunkin is going to veto all of these things. I sure hope he does. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we need to do our part. Uh, to show lawmakers just how unpopular, how unfeasible, how unconstitutional these bills are. I was looking at your latest uh, alert from the Virginia Citizens Defense League, which came out this morning. Holy cow, Phil. Uh, Can I just run down the list of of some of the latest bills? Make carry of an air gun on school property a felony. Take away gun rights for five years for a simple assault for a misdemeanor crime. Require new and renewing CHP holders to be fingerprinted. Don't know why we need to do that. Make it illegal for anybody under the age of 21 to buy any kind of firearm. This after a federal judge in Virginia said that the ban on handgun sales for under 21s is unconstitutional. Now Democrats want to double down on this. 5% tax on guns and ammunition. Five-day waiting period. Uh, They're taking a page out of California with SB2 and uh, NRA and USCCA firearm instructors would no longer be able to teach concealed carry courses. We're already seeing the uh, havoc that that's causing in California. And as you point out, even even NRA license plates, they're trying to take away. I mean, Phil, they're throwing everything, including the kitchen sink, at gun owners this session. Yeah, they uh, the I mean, the NRA just shows the the level of hatred for gun owners and some of these and disrespect that some of these people have. I mean, you, you look at the fact that they wanted to take away carry uh, concealed carry in restaurants that serve yep. alcohol. There have been zero problems. They can track permit holders. So that bill was aimed at people like you and me and the people listening to this that are good people that don't do anything wrong, but they want to come after come after you. They don't care. They they don't want you to carry in restaurants just because they don't want it. This is not because there's a problem. This is because they don't like it. And that's not the way a law is supposed to be written. You're not supposed to write a law to go after somebody like the NRA just because you don't like them. That's to me, that's an abuse as a legislator to make it a personal vendetta against an organization or against a group of people like permit holders. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and, and by the way, the bills that I just rattled off, those were all of the bills that were introduced this week. 
Um, as you point out, we've also got, you know, the ban on so-called assault weapons, right? You've got a uh, actually competing bans because you've got one that would make uh, so-called assault weapons and large capacity magazines illegal. You've got one that would make uh, assault weapon possession illegal if you're under the age of 21. Uh, they've got, you know, carry bans in hospitals, emergency rooms, a three-day waiting period bill, and then a five-day waiting period bill. Yes. Uh, you know, and and you say that there's more coming today, right? Yeah, I expect. Yeah, so it can be again. Now we're also there are also some good bills, and we're yeah. have some more good ones. They've been coming in, but our focus is primarily on the stuff that could could do major damage to our ability to protect ourselves. But yeah, there 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 is more coming in, um, and uh, it's it's just incredible. Uh, I mean, you know, even if you have a rifle that was made before 1968 that isn't serialized, the way the language is written, that gun is illegal unless you take that gun that was made in, you know, 1920 to a, to a, an FFL that can serialize it. Uh, and, and in turn, for some guns, that could lower the value to deface what the original gun was. Collectors are looking for the original thing. Look, this is aimed... They're really they're just trying to shut us down from every angle they can come at. I mean, mm -hmm. why would you go after permit holders? They have again, they can track them. They know that it's a fraction of one percent that lose their permit for any reason. And it's rare that that reason is a crime. It could be somebody suddenly has maybe a mental issue. Fine. They take their permit away until things are fixed. that's that's not a crime. Uh, and there there are other other things of that nature. But no, no, they're they're trying to they don't want you to be able to get training easily. Uh, so, you, you know, that means that you're going to have to find an instructor that's been certified by the Department of Criminal Justice Services. And that's an expensive procedure and time consuming for the for the instructor. The costs are going to be up. Trying to find instructors willing to go through all of that is going to be tough. And again, you know, this is the intent. Let's not let's be clear. This isn't accidental. Oh, he really hadn't thought about it. No, they're trying to make it so that it's like, oh, man, getting a permit in Virginia. Oh, my God. You've got to find the instructors. It's really expensive. Um, it, it takes time. Uh, you can't carry anywhere. They're trying to do slowly do the New York and Maryland thing and, and California thing. All oh, of the stuff they're doing, I'm making notes. This stuff has been overturned in other states, but they're yeah. plowing forward. I, I, I mean, some of this stuff, like I said, has been overturned in 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 our state, right? Or you've got this federal judge, you've got a, a student from Hamden City University, I think now his younger brother's the lead plaintiff in this case, challenging the handgun ban uh, on under 21s. Federal judge of Virginia said, uh, yeah, that's unconstitutional. They're trying to certify this as a class action um, a lawsuit. So this would apply, you know, to every individual under the age of 21. But it, it is amazing. And you're right. It, this is... This is not about common sense. This is not about, you know, masquerading as, you know, reasonable measures. No, no. This is targeting the right to keep and bear arms. This is targeting the right yeah. itself. It's targeting the lawful gun owners who exercise that right. And it is trying to, again, it's trying to criminalize that right. Um, right. And what's what's so sad, Phil, is that, I, I mean, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there. Democrats of Virginia have a long history of trampling on the civil rights of Virginia residents. Um, back in the 1950s and the 1960s, it was let's shut down the public schools rather than integrate. And here it is. Let's make it impossible for people to exercise their right to self-defense. Let's let's stop where they can carry. Let's make it hard for them to get the license. As you say, just just simply removing NRA and USCCA instructors that California has taken that step. And right now it is virtually impossible for people to get a to take a concealed carry course and apply because Cal DOJ hasn't come up with the new standards yet. 
uh, when they do release those new standards, of course, then it's going to take time for those farm instructors to comply. As you say, it's going to be a very expensive process for those farm instructors to get the training that the state is now going to mandate. So the pool of instructors is going to shrink down. The money that they're going to charge, by the way, for classes is going to have to increase, right? So on both ends, they are trying to squeeze those individuals who are trying to comply with the law, who want to comply with the law, as long as those laws truly are reasonable and respectful of our civil rights. Yeah, and exactly. But uh, they, they, you know, they don't care about any of that. And they use crime, of course. Crime is the excuse. I've talked about this before. Crime has been going down for a long time, and, and gun ownership was going up. So they had to drive the crime up because they lost their, they didn't have a good excuse with crime plummeting. So that's when they defunded the police. Uh, that's when they let violent criminals out early. They got rid of bail. Uh, all those things, and restricted where you could carry. Um, all that was thrown out to drive the crime rate up. And it did drive up starting in 19, uh, 2019, 2020, 2021. It was going up and they were, oh, look at this. Look at how high it's going. Oh, it's these guns. And um, that's it was it was artificial. It was treachery is what it was. Treason, basically. They, they were letting Americans get killed uh, to further their agenda that, that seemed to be OK with them. And yeah, it well, to still be OK. Well, there are a lot of us uh, who are not OK with this. Um, and we've got the opportunity to petition our government for a redress of our grievances coming up on Monday, January 15th. Um, give folks the details about the VCDL Lobby Day. Okay, yeah, VCDL Lobby Day, we have on our website, there's, there's a lot of details right there that you can look at. It's vcdl.org slash, all one word, Lobby Day 2024. And that's got buses that you can uh, uh, be on if you want, or it, we've got a, a setup where you can check your guns uh, at, a, at a specially configured bus that'll be just a half a block away from the General Assembly, just a real right there, basically. Um, and that way you can check your gun, go into the General Assembly, and then come out and rearm yourself. Uh, during the rally at, from 10 to 11, um, we're hoping to have as many people as possible inside of the Capitol Square, but they're going to have to be disarmed. But we got to do what we got to do, guys. We can't just shy away. We've got to fight this. And to do that, some of us are going to have to disarm and go in there so that when the speakers are talking, there's a lot of people around them. And we want a lot of people in the General Assembly building. So everywhere a legislator looks, there's people with guns saves lives. And we've done this before, and it's it's powerful. Now, in the streets, we've uh, we've got a map on the website that shows where, if you're carrying a gun, if, you, if, if you're going to carry a gun, you can't go in those places. But the street, 9th Street, uh, by the General Assembly, between 9th and Bank Broad, and, and actually it's Broad and Bank, on 9th Street, they're going to cut off traffic. People will be able to stay in the street. Uh, they'll be able to be on the sidewalk, uh, the sidewalk away on the opposite side, away from the Capitol Square. The sidewalk that goes around Capitol Square, if you're armed, you can't you can't be on that sidewalk. It's all stupid. I can't justify any of this gun control stuff. And, and Bank Street, um, up to there's some barriers there, but right in front of the Commonwealth Hotel, that area of Bank Street will also be closed off and open for people to stand. Those people will be fairly close to where. Uh, the rally will be, but we're hoping to twist some speakers so that you'll be able to hear in the street what's inside. But again, we want that big picture like we got in 2020. We probably aren't going to get 50,000 people. We we should right. so easily. There's 750,000 permit holders, not to mention all the hundreds and other people out there. 
we should be able to recreate that picture. But what made that picture work from 2020, that massive wall of people, was that thousands said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and leave my gun in my car, or I'm gonna check my gun and I'm gonna go in to that that area unarmed as a patriot to show, you know, to, to be there, to fill all that in. And it worked beautifully. Those people, I bless every one of them that did that. Yeah. And I'm glad to have the people in the streets armed around it. That that makes everything safer. But yeah. uh, that's go to the website. Um, you know, Cam, you're you know, Cam's gonna be one of our one of our main speakers. Um, so I'm looking forward to to that. Yeah, well, listen, I'm looking forward to it as well. I appreciate the invite. Um, and and you've got a fantastic lineup of folks who are going to be speaking. Um, Dan Wass is going to be there. Uh, good guy with a gun. Um, some, I don't have the website right in front of me, but uh, uh, Delia Nick Freitas, I believe, is speaking as well. Who are some of the other speakers there? Oh, Jared, uh, Jared with Guns and Gadgets. Oh, that's right. Jared Giannis. Yeah, he's going to be there. Um, Eric Pratt with Gun Owners of America. Excellent. Be there. Um, uh, John McGuire. Uh, will be there. Uh, my John, state so senator, as a matter of fact. Yes. So there you go. It's brand new. Yes, he'll be there. <laughs> I can do some of my lobbying outside while I'm uh, while right. I'm waiting to speak. Um, and listen, this you know, and I will say, not only is it, it it is critically important for gun owners to turn out. It is critically important for us to use our voice, for us to exercise our First Amendment rights in defense of our Second Amendment rights. But I will also say, even from a just, it's a great chance to meet your fellow gun owners. You know, that was one of the These coolest things people. about Lobby Day. Every time I go out there, I'm I'm meeting people from, you know, around the state, sometimes really close to where I live, who I've never met before. Um, and it's a way for us to build that community that they're also the gun control advocates. They don't just want to take away our right to keep their arms. I mean, you look at what they're doing, trying to shut down gun shows in California. They want to obliterate that community of lawful gun owners, right? They don't want us talking to one another. They don't want us getting together so we can think up ways to defeat their anti-gun agenda. They want us siloed and silenced, and this is a fantastic way uh, to rebuke them on both counts, to show up, to use your voice, and again, to grow the Second Amendment community in the uh, in the state of Virginia. The Commonwealth, well, excuse me, if I don't say Commonwealth of Virginia, people are going to get angry at me, so. Okay. Uh, the, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the whole thing is they, they want a socialist or a communist country. It's un unbelievable that I'm even saying that. It would have sounded conspiratorial. 20, 30 years ago, but no, they're, they're, some of them are very clear about what they want, and they can't get it with 100 million armed gun owners. Um, and we, we've, got the, we've got the people to stand up. There are plenty of us, but we've got to get off our butts. The problem is a lot of those people don't get off their rear ends. They take life for granted. Don't, don't take freedom for granted. Please don't do that. It's a precious commodity, and there are Plenty of people that want to snap it away. They don't want us to have it, and they're serious about it. So, yep. uh, if you want, if you want it for your children and your grandchildren, and, and so forth and so on, you're going to have to stand up and push back. And it's going to be unpleasant. It's going to take time in a busy world. But if you don't do it, they're not going to stop. Exactly right, Philip Van Cleve of the Virginia Citizens Defense League. I will see you Monday morning in downtown Richmond on Capitol Square, sir. Looking forward. Looking forward to it, Cam. Me too. Thank you so much for your time today, and I'll see you on Thank Monday. You. My thanks to Philip for joining us on the program today, and I hope to see you out at the Virginia State Capitol on Monday for the VCDL's Lobby Day Rally. Good chance not only to uh, meet some of your fellow gun owners, but again, to uh, actually interact with your representatives and state senators. Well, I guess in Virginia, your delegate. 
and uh, state senators as well. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there. I, now, I confess, I, I wrote about this at Bering Arms uh, earlier today because this just, it, it incensed me when I saw this. CWB Chicago reporting, a 61-year-old woman not expected to survive after he was sav- savagely beaten on a Chicago Transit Authority train in the loop downtown by a guy, again, eight-time felon, currently on parole for robbing a undercover Chicago police officer back in 2021. He did just three years of his six-year sentence before he was paroled back in August. Prosecutors say that the uh, individual was on a train about 1.30 on the morning of January the 4th, uh, along with this 61-year-old woman. He originally tried to steal the woman's bag uh, that morning then launched into a violent attack. All of this caught on surveillance uh, footage, pinned her head on, a, on a, a seat, and then repeatedly punched her in the head and stomach. Officials say he stomped on her body and then left her on the train. CTA employees found the woman unresponsive when the train arrived at the Roosevelt station. Prosecutors told a judge that the woman is, quote, on a ventilator and is brain dead and is not expected to survive. And again, the uh, suspect in this case, Mijuan Johnson, paroled in August, after serving basically half of a six-year sentence that he received for robbing a uh, undercover narcotics officer on St. Patrick's Day in 2021. Uh, in that case, according to CWB Chicago, Johnson held his hand to his side as if he had a gun, ordered the undercover cop to give him cash and his phone. The officer did so with a pre-recorded serial numbers intended for drug purchases. Other cops then moved in and arrested Johnson when the uh, covert officer gave him a secret signal to alert them that he was being robbed. At the time of that arrest, he was also on parole for aggravated battery of a police officer. He was sentenced to prison six other times between 2007 and 2015, according to CWB Chicago, all for narcotics, not violent crimes. But that has obviously changed now that he is uh, facing charges in this assault of a a 61-year-old woman in a gun-free zone, by the way, because the state of Illinois prohibits concealed carry on public transportation. I, I, I counted at least three fatal shootings on Chicago's red line alone within a week period in late December, again, in these gun-free zones. Criminals don't seem to care that they're not allowed to bring weapons. And again, even if they are uh, just using their fists and feet, they are still able to attack their victims with impunity. A 61-year-old woman is not going to be able to fight back against a man half her age, maybe even twice her size. But it is forbidden for her or anybody else who possesses a concealed carry license to lawfully carry a firearm on a bus or a train in Chicago or the rest of the state of Illinois. And criminals sure do seem to be taking advantage of that fact. Now, today's armed citizen story from Indiana, where officials say a shooting of an intruder in South Bend last month uh, was justifiable. Prosecutor says the uh, shooting happened on uh, Beale Street in South Bend on December 14th. When officers arrived, they found a 68-year-old man identified as uh, Richard Davis suffering from an apparent gunshot wound. He was taken to a nearby hospital where he passed away. Police conducted interviews with witnesses, including the homeowner, and the homeowner explained that he and his wife had arrived home that evening. They were getting ready to enter their home, and the security system uh, notified them of an alarm So before they were even in the house. So the homeowner then asked his wife, hey, stay in the car. And he walked around to the rear of his property. As he approached the gate, an unknown male, later identified as Davis, moved towards the homeowner while holding a chainsaw above his shoulders. According to police, the owner advised that when Davis brandished the chainsaw, he feared that he would be seriously injured or killed. So he fired his handgun once, then yelled for his wife to call 911. 
Police say the homeowner and his wife remained at the scene, were cooperative with investigators. Uh, after reviewing the investigation, the prosecutor's office said that uh, they cannot disprove that the shooting of Mr. Davis constituted a justifiable homicide, and as such, no criminal charges will be filed. So the prosecutor isn't ruling that this was a case of self-defense, but he sounds like he says he can't prove otherwise. Based on all of these circumstances, it would appear that the uh, homeowner had a, a legitimate fear for his life at the time. Again, you're uh, in the dark, and all of a sudden a guy with a chainsaw uh, starts approaching you. That's like a scene out of a horror movie. Um, police apparently did not make an arrest at the scene, so even then there were indications that this was self-defense. And uh, again, that... Uh, well, not confirmed by the prosecutor, but the prosecutor not bringing any charges in this case because it sounds like he doesn't believe he could convince a jury that this was anything other than an act of self-defense. Finally today, our good deed of the day in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Police officers in Naperville, Illinois, were able to rescue two adults and a child after their car crashed into a retaining pond. Boy, this happens way more frequently than you think, you know. Uh, body cam video uh, shows the uh, officers jumping into the water this was last Tuesday near the 95th Street Library in Naperville. Uh, as they approached the car, they realized that the car's doors will not open because of the pressure of the water. So they had to break open the windows, then open the car door, uh, or, or open the car doors, and then get the uh, passengers out uh, once they had uh, broken through the glass. The three uh, individuals inside the vehicle uh, were taken to a nearby hospital. Thankfully, no serious injuries. The responding officers suffered some cuts from the glass, but... Otherwise, okay. Um, that could have been very different if those officers hadn't arrived on scene. And when they did, waded into the uh, icy cold waters to uh, extricate those individuals. At the very least, uh, those individuals would have been suffering from some, you know, hypothermia and other uh, uh, injuries. And if the officers hadn't arrived, perhaps uh, even fatal injuries if they had not been discovered in time. So again, in the right place at the right time, we'll then able to do the right thing. Tip of the hat to those officers in Naperville. All right, so we will see you here next Tuesday. Again, going to be off on Monday because I'll be in Richmond. Uh, my colleague Tom Knight will be holding down the fort at BarronArms.com. And, of course, I'd encourage you to check out all of our coverage of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation uh, between now and the next time that we speak face-to-face, -face, or at least face-to-computer or car speaker. I don't know. Uh, BarronArms.com. That is the website. Check it out for all of the latest Second Amendment news and information. We've got you covered, whether it's legislation, armed citizen stories, litigation, and more. If you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. Just go to barryandarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your membership. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.